everybody. Welcome to another GD podcast. I'm your host, Guy DeMarco, and here today we are going to be talking about the Altus NRL 22 series finale that happened this past weekend. Uh, Stay tuned. Got a little bit to talk about, um, some good, some bad, what people liked, what people didn't like placements how people did how people didn't do so we're going to cover it and hopefully i can do this while i'm driving so bear with me gonna get it all taken care of so what is the altus nrl 22 series and when and where do we have it so the altus nrl 22 series is obviously held at altus shooting solutions in baker florida And we have been hosting matches there for three years now. And Altus has been super supportive of the growing 22 long-range sport. Um, They sell voodoos and voodoo uh, accessories. They sell Remex and Remex accessories. All the chassis you can want. Barrels. Um... And then I'm 91% sure they could probably spin up a 22 barrel if you needed to. Uh, That's one thing I'm not sure on. But all your other accessories, shooting bags, um, voodoo mags, Remex mags, extensions, um, glass, bipods, tripods, you name it, they carry it. You can check them out at altusshootingsolutions.com for all your shooting accessory needs. Um, Like I said, we've been hosting matches there for about three years now. Well, three years now, this this was our third season, and it was what a showstopper. Um, Max participation, maximum effort for sure. So um, as many of you know, I am in the military and I'm still on active duty. So last year... We knew that I was supposed to be PCSing sometime um, last October. So when the season started, um, I made it abundantly clear that I would be looking for a successor per se or somebody to train up to take over. So uh, James Altvater stood up and said that he would do it. So James has been... um, kind of trying to take the show over and learn all of the extra little things that nobody really thinks about when you're a match director. So, excuse me, he's been taking over and building some of the courses of fire and doing a little bit of the legwork on the back end, building the practice score, things like that. So he pretty much ran with the majority of it this season and uh, went from there. We had 10 regular season matches and then the one finale. So we run from June till April every year for our series uh, there at Altus. Everything else, uh, May, we take off because it gives our club members an opportunity to go shoot nationals wherever that may be that year without the fear of trying to like make our match and the other match and it just makes it more conducive for everybody that and it gives everybody a little bit of a break that way we're not shooting umpteen matches uh 12 matches a year we're only shooting 11 so there's that so for the finale um things were a little bit different this year um with uh how we were going to run it. We wanted to make sure that everything was tried with, we tried to make everything as a level playing field as possible. So the way to qualify for the series finale was you had to shoot three regular matches a year. Now out of 10 matches, three doesn't sound like a lot, but life comes up, man. We got people that work days and swings and mids and people that are shooting, you know, PRS center fire matches. So, we wanted to make sure that we, we get at least three solid matches in for you to qualify for the series. So you got three matches 
and then 20% of your total point score goes towards the finale. So if I score, if I score, you know, a hundred points, right? I get 20% of that, so I'd get 20 points. You do that for three matches, that gets you 60% of your season right there, and then 40% comes down to the finale. So generally, we run 10 stages per match. So round count is usually between 98 and 1,000, and, or 98 and 1,000, 98 and uh, 102 rounds. Now, the way that we differ from some other shooting organizations is it's 10 points per impact and not um, one point per impact. So if we run a 100 round count stage, that is a 1,000 possible points for the match. So math gets a little, a little tricky. Excel is my friend, so... I'm usually pretty good with it. So, yeah, a lot of work went into it right before um, the match started. James came up with a pretty good course of fire. He let a couple of the sponsors uh, pick and choose what match it or what stages they wanted to design. Um, like myself, I got to create and uh, develop a stage as a stage sponsor, as well as Harrison Cust- or Servos Customs Firearms, uh, made by Harrison Servos, one of our dedicated shooters. Um, love that guy to death. He's been crushing it this season. Um, super, super good guy. He's a gunsmith for, for most of us out there at the range. Does a lot of work on a lot of people's stuff. So we... Uh, we sat there, got to design design our own stage, but we had a total of 12 stages for this match. So it being a finale, we wanted to really kind of stretch it out. So we had 12, 12 stages. I think our round count was 121? Yeah, 121 um, rounds not counting any reshoots and not counting zero and gathering dope and everything else like that. Um, Myself, all right, 0.2 miles. I'm getting Jill's, my my co-pilot navigator here. She's telling me where to turn. Um, Yes, yes, I'm turning slight right. Sorry if you guys can hear that. I'm currently driving to a PRS match. So we get there. Um, I've got some friends that moved away last season. You remember remember me talking about Jack Pierce and Sky Pierce, how uh, they came and shot the finale. And then, well, Jack came and shot the finale, and then they moved to San Antonio. Jack got out of the military. Um, he's going to nursing school and doing some stuff out in San Antonio. And, man, have they really developed as shooters um, shooting out in that Texas wind. So whatever those Texas boys are doing out there, you're you're treating them right, and they're getting way better. Um, so Jack and Sky said they wanted to come shoot the finale and to keep it a secret. So they drove in and got to my house on Saturday, and then we went out to the range and actually started setting up some of the stages, lazing things, making sure everything was set for the next day. James was shooting another match in the local area, promoting um, his business, um, which is a separate entity. And then um, he showed up at the range later, and we kind of finalized everything with the exception of, like, three stages. All we had to do the next morning was hang steel and make sure it's got a fresh coat of paint on it and then go to town. So we uh, show up the morning of 630 um, they get the final stage put together, the final three stages put together, zero targets up, zero everything. We had a total of 43 shooters. We've never had that many shooters at the club before uh, in a monthly match, let alone a finale. Our finale last year was 29. 
So we increased that by uh, by 10, uh, 13 or so. So super awesome to have max participation out at the finale. It was super, super cool. Great for our sponsors to have that much participation. So um, got started a little bit late. Um, I think what we should do for next year is uh, open squatting so that they can either, we either do it on practice score where you can squad via practice score or you just pick four people, line up, write your name on a piece of paper and then go to town and it'll alleviate some stress from the match director having to pick people on squads. Everybody gets to um, do their thing. They all know who's going to be in their squad. They can write down their names and their scores. I think that'll make flow a lot faster. I don't think we got rounds down range till after nine. So that kind of delayed everything a little bit. Um, just a learning experience. We never had that many people before. It's usually not that big of a deal. But 43 people, it's a lot to, uh, to manage and, and keep track of. And I really wanted James to get this experience. So I pretty much hands off all morning, um, let him do all the registration, him do all of the, uh, the signups, practice score, all that other jazz. Um, something happened with practice score, it didn't sync. So we got our resident practice score expert, Ryan Harris out there, and he was able to link up all the iPads and get them all correct. So he was able to, uh, to do that, and we were finally able to rock and roll with iPads. Um, if you've been to Altus before, you've got the old side, which is where they've got the actual pavilion, the rocks, the Kestrel Barricade, all that stuff, PRS Barricade, um, the boat, the rock, Animal Tower. And then you've got the new side, which is the open field type aspect of the range there at Altus. We shot everything on the old side and then in the 100-yard bay. So everything was um, in the 100-yard bay. It's pretty protected from the wind. There was three stages there. There was three stages at the top of the field. There was three stages near the PRS barricade area, the 100-yard zero range. And then there was three stages near the animal tower. Hold on, I got a text from the wife. Um, hold on one second. Okay, I'm back. Um, three stages over there. So there wasn't a whole lot of traversing. We had it kind of broken down because we were thinking we were going to have four squads. Ended up having five. So it, we broke it down every two stages instead of uh, every three stages, but it worked out. Um, seven to nine man squads um, worked out pretty fine. Um, we had some farthest target was 250 yards and it was off of the rock. So you had to engage a small Ipsic, probably a 66er at 150, which is a pretty generous target. And then you had to transition to A3, which is 250 yards. So 150 and 250. And you had to shoot from five different positions on the Altus rocks, which generally, excuse me, um, isn't super hard. But 250, um, I wouldn't say is necessarily a huge stretch for a 22, but it is a lot of uh, elevation to hold. I was I ended up holding six mils between my 150 and 250 dope. And then if you're holding any type of wind, it, you're kind of holding out there in no man's land on your reticle. Um, we shot that, Matt, we shot that stage a little bit later in the day. And um, I ended up holding straight up for both targets and got a clean on that stage. Um, super fun, could have been a little bit smaller on targets. I think that's something that we're gonna focus on a little bit for next year is uh, shrinking down the size of our targets. Um, most of us in the club that are battling it out at the top are quite capable of hitting a smaller target at that distance. So I think that's something that we might shoot for next season. Um, or at least I'll make the recommendation. Um, like I like I said, I'm not the match director. I'm more of a co-helper at this point. Um, 
who knows if I stay, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's happening. So everybody keeps asking me and I was like, it'd be great if I knew what was going on with my life, but, um, hence the military. So, uh, stage two was also, um, super fun. So it was a three position barricade is basically like uh, one of your VTAC barricades, three different shelves and a target at 150 yards. Um, once again, probably a little bit generous on the plate size. We probably could have shrunk it down to an eight or a six inch plate and still made it uh, quite doable yet challenging. Um, but you had to shoot from two shots from each one of the positions. So you go bottom, middle, top, middle, bottom on this particular barricade. And then you uh, had to do everything weak side, everything support side. So it made it very interesting. Um, if you're not a strong support side shooter, it was a little challenging, but um, super fun, super e. Well, I say easy for me. I know some people didn't fare so well on that stage, but um, I've been doing a lot of practice on the on the weak side stuff, so it was it was pretty good. The next stage was the crane boom, and I will say I did hear hear some uh, some feedback from this one, and even I had a hard time with this one. If you have a wider based gun, so I'm running an MPA chassis with the BA comp rails on the side of it, and the targets were not directly in line uh, straight ahead of the prop. They were kind of off to the side. Um, so the way that you had to position your rifle in there, um, it created a angled shot, which when you're shooting in between... Um, pipes that are in front of your your muzzle uh can make for a diff uh, a difficult and dangerous shot so we're definitely going to be looking at that um that for next year um to my knowledge only one one stage was um proofed and that's something that we're definitely going to take into consideration um with this it's all a learning experience and then those were the three stages on the top. Good times. Uh, those were uh, th those targets were small poppers. They were a very tall target, but they were a very thin target. I think the widest they were was maybe four and a half, five inches at the widest portion, and it was a hit to move on. So three positions, nine shots, but it's hit to move on. So um, 125, 35, 125, 135, 145, hit to move on from each position so you had to hit that 145 target from that first position before you could transition to your second position i didn't fare so hot on that stage i think i got like a six um i had forgotten that it was hit to move on so i hit my first target missed my second target took a shot at the third target but i would obviously didn't hit my second shot so i wasted around so i ended up uh once I did that, I didn't miss any of my other shots. I just I just wasted some opportunities um, with that. And because my gun's a little bit wider, I had a hard time getting it into a position to where I was getting support from the bag while also um, having that bag support the firearm. Sorry, just drinking a little bit of my Abide coffee. Um, small little coffee trailer in Freeport owned by a buddy of mine. So I stopped there to uh, grab a honey lavender uh, latte, which I must say is quite refreshing and delicious. Um, Abide Coffee, check them out online. And then, um, yeah, so finish those three stages up top, move down the hill, and we are shooting a mover. Um, position uh bottom of the hill mag out bolt back on command go you'll ascend to the top of the hill take a position load a mag and then you will engage a mover at 175 yards with 10 rounds now we had a pretty decent this was our second to last stage we had a pretty pretty decent um breeze probably four or five miles an hour the Kestrel was calling for 1.75 hold on the mover and then another probably four tenths of wind. So 
175 and four tenths when it's moving um, right to left, like it's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of hold. So I was like, I'm gonna cut that in half because it's 25% win value, you know. So I held that first round at um, 17 for my lead and broke the shot and since how we'd had 40 some odd shooters go before us 30 some odd shooters go before us there wasn't a whole lot of clean on that target so we were more or less uh the spotter was looking and um we were hearing the report from the target being hit um and i saw that my bullet i heard the tree behind it get hit snap a branch um in the backdrop and I was like okay I know I went off left side I'm holding too much so I put the dot on my crosshair on the left edge and broke my shot and saw just the faintest splash center of the target milled it real quick and it was one mil to center so I just turned on the gas and uh, just drilled that thing nine times everybody was yelling at me it was running a semi-auto uh semi-auto bolt gun at that point because i was just sending them as fast as i could uh ting 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 uh and got nine out of ten on that stage really wish i would have um gotten that other that other impact that would have definitely helped out my score a little bit but it is what it is that's why it's shooting and not hitting um so that was a really fun stage i liked it Probably, once again, too generous of a target. Um, we've never run a mover at Altus before uh, with 22s. So we put something big and heavy out there. And um, we could probably go much smaller next time, which now we know. And then uh, then we had the, the boat the boat barrel. Boats, Barrels, and Bullets is the name of the stage. And it was sponsored by Servos Custom Firearms. Um, Harrison had a great idea to kind of steal a stage that he saw at an NRL 22 match in Tennessee where you were on a boat prop sitting on a 55-gallon drum on a saddle, and then you had to shoot off, off that prop. Well, we don't own a saddle, so we did modified prone off the top or off the, the barrel. The barrel was strapped down on the side on its side lengthways on the boat and you had to get on top of the, the boat and then engage a six inch at 75 and a 10 inch at like 96. But the boat is moving the whole time that you're on it, unless you can get stable. Once you got onto the boat, you weren't allowed to stable stabilize yourself with your foot or use your hand on the side rail or anything else like that. So you literally had to kind of wait for it to stop rocking and then slowly rack your bolt to uh to minimize the amount of movement on the actual prop itself so it was fun it was uh definitely interesting um it was a good time i ended up uh i was the first shooter on that stage so i did a sucked my bipod in a little bit um definitely could have used some rubber feet on my sky pod or used a uh Atlas BNT or something like that with some rubber feet. I think it would have given me a little bit more stability um, than a uh, Skypod. And sure enough, um, bipod with rear bag, modified prone, pretty simple. Like once you get that boat to stop rocking, um, I was just having too much fun. So I broke my... Uh, it was basically a one mil difference between 75 and 96 and set my first round and got a solid impact and then um, racked my bolt, saw how much wobble I had in the reticle and then proceeded to just run through and um, clean the stage, got a 10 on it, um, felt pretty good, gave everybody a little bit of confidence. Everybody was really worried about it. Um, one of the young guns on the on the squad was worried about it, and he got up there and did a great job. So it was super awesome. Um, that's the stage that we ended the day with. We started the stay, we started the day on one of the NRL 22 stages. I think I ended up getting a six, where you're shooting from 
the top of a sawhorse and then two shots standing, top of a a bucket, two shots freehand, top of a chair, two shots freehand, or something like that. Um, I think I got a six on it. Not the best way I wanted to start the day. Moved over to another NRL 22 stage off of um, the slanted roof. Uh, did pretty good there. I did decided to bag it. A lot of people were using their bipod. Um, I elected to not do that because I didn't feel like having one bipod leg out farther than the other one. I know that I am quite competent with um, sticking with one bag. So that's what I ran with, and it worked out pretty good. I think I got an eight on it. Um, I dropped one round low, and um, it ended up hitting the stem of the actual target hanger, which is only like a quarter inch. So my windage was perfect, but my elevation was obviously a little bit low. Um, gray targets in a green field make it for uh, make for a difficult shot. Um, so it was interesting. And then we moved over to my stage, which was presented by another GD podcast, this, this podcast you're listening to now. Thank you. Um, and this was a spinner at 71 yards. Now, you didn't have to spin the target. You just had to hit the target. But it spun quite freely. So there are – it's kind of like a tic-tac-toe board on the animal tower on the lower side where it's got nine ports um, that are off the ground and you had to shoot from all nine ports and then you could choose to shoot from a prone or from the top of the barricade, either or, but you had to use all nine ports. So I got down there and this is the stage that I did proof. And when I proofed it, I was getting an eight or a nine but I shot it in about one, 110 to 115 seconds. So I knew when it came time for the match, I needed to make sure I had solid movement XYZ. So when I got down there, I shot the bottom port right to left, up, left to right, up, right to left, top of the, top of the barricade. And I dropped way too many shots. The wind was a little tricky. Um, it was blowing consistent, but it was switching right to left quite frequently um, and was just bleeding points on that one. I got a five. Should have been able to should have been able to clean that. I shot it way too fast. I didn't take my time. I was worried about time. I shot it in 90 seconds and only got five impacts. So that's definitely on me. Um, uh, I wish I could have gotten that one back, but it is what it is. And then we went uh, from there, um, we went up to the top of the animal tower. And this one was created by James. It was no bipods. You can only use bags. And it was a troop line from 100 to 200 with three, three, four, six, six, and eight inch plates. Uh, two squares, three circles, and it was hit to move on, but you had no uh, no bipod, so it was all off bag. So I used my Sandsock gear, front squeeze bag, or front puff pillow bag, whatever you call it, and put that up front, wedged it, and then used a game changer in the back for rear stability, and was able to run that pretty effectively, ended up getting an eight on it. Um, pretty strong crosswind. I was probably holding a mil to 1.2 at the 200 yard target and uh, got my one impact on it. Um, I had shot too many rounds because I always load my mags up extra um, just in case I have a misfeed or something like that or whatever. Um, so shot an extra round, didn't count, but I still hit it. So I was happy with that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Went up to went up to the top and shot the other three NRL stages, and that was that was kind of it for the day. Um, had some uh, had some good good stages, had some bad stages. I think my lowest was a was a five. Um, had a couple of cleans. Um, ended up taking seventh on the match, which 
at the top, it was super close. Um, super close. Um, top, five, top five was uh, no surprise with um, no surprise, but I can't remember his name. Jeremy Salter won the match. Um, I think he dropped eight or nine shots the entire day, um, which is awesome. Uh, amazing shooter. Uh, I think he's won five matches out of the uh, 11 that we had on the season. I think he won ha uh, 11, uh, five of them. Um, we had uh, David Swedberg. Um, he was in second place. We had Kenneth, can't remember your last name, Ken, but Kenneth from Widden Gunworks, one of our sponsors. Uh, he took, no, I'm sorry, uh, Jack Pierce took third. Uh, so my buddy from Texas took third, and then Kenneth took fourth. James took fifth. Andrew McCutcheon from Widden Gunworks took um, sixth, and then I took seventh. So, um, I mean, it was close. Uh, Andrew got me by one impact in time. James got me by two impacts in time. And that's kind of as far as I looked. But every time we have one of these matches, I mean, it is extremely close. Extremely close at the top. Um, I think uh, Jeremy got David by like four impacts, which is probably the the biggest spread we've had in a while four whole impacts. Um, it's been, uh, it's been really awesome to see how well we've driven each other to progress as shooters between shooting X matches and outlaw matches and just doing all of that to where we are, are geared up um, to where when we shoot our, matches specifically that we're that close in in capabilities um jeremy's got some outstanding mental game um i can tell you that uh now i will say that i wasn't a hundred percent on my on my game and i let the the events of the day kind of get to me um and that's one thing I've identified that I need to work on is my mental game. So um, I'm a self-proclaimed narcissist, according to my therapists. And I like, I think we all can agree that like we think things should be ran a certain way or done a certain way or X, Y, Z. Um, something that I'm working on. Um, and the co-match directoring has definitely um, assisted me in that. But... There were some things that kind of that kind of irked me or bent me a wrong way, um, and we won't get too far into that. But some things affected my mental state. Um, lost my cool, um, was frustrated, and then got my own head. Just wasn't having a great mental match day. Um, it also didn't help that when I went to zero my gun, like check chrono speed and double check my zero, I was two tenths, uh, I was two tenths high and two tenths left for no random reason. I think, uh, it came down to, uh, my gun getting dropped at my house. Um, so I think that's what it was. So, um, shit happens, adjust and go from there. I did still was able to do decent. I don't think I lost any points due to a shift. I corrected it at the zero range, got it shooting um, where I needed it to be with good groupings. So like we just, uh, we just sent it and everything was good. So that first, first two stages, like, Oh man, I don't know if my gun's like doing what I needed to do. So there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of um, frustration later on the day. Um, being hungry, like, um, match flow, making sure the prize tail, like scores, everything, like all the things that a match director worries about, even though I'm not the match director, 
my name's still associated with the match. Like, I haven't been the full-time match director all season, and people are like, oh, you're the match director. I'm like, nope, not the match director. James is the match director. They're like, yeah, but you know what's going on. I was like, I know what's going on, but that doesn't mean I'm in charge. So, um, yeah, just interesting um, per se. But I do want to give a a big shout-out to our sponsors. Um, There was a little bit of confusion on uh, what was going to happen as far as prize tables because I know some organizations and some matches and some uh, uh, venues are going away from prize tables and they're just doing random draws or whatever. So there was some confusion on our part on what was um, allowed to happen or going to happen or what the the wishes uh, were. So we didn't really prepare for a prize table. And uh, while I was sitting in the hospital with my son, uh, obviously talking to James, figuring out how the, the match went, he's like, oh, by the way, like, we can have a prize table. And I was like, well, dude, it's three weeks before the match. Like, it's way too short of notice. And he's like, well, can you reach out to people and kind of see? I was like, I can send out emails, man, but, like three weeks three weeks to try and pull together a prize table for what we're expecting to be our biggest match um stressful so to the to the sponsors that that were able to contribute and did get back to us i am forever uh grateful and humbled at your your undying support of this of this sport so we got armageddon gear uh, no particular order, but Armageddon Gear um, reached out to Missy over there, and she got us the hookup and uh, shipping delays and everything else like that. The the box was not at the match or at my house the day prior to the match, and she was at Alabama Precision, and I messaged her, and she was like, I'll bang you out some certificates right now. Like, I'll, I'll send them to you. What do you need? And I was like, I'll just make, you know, handwritten gift certificates for a, a mystery gift. Whatever you guys sent me, it'll be fine. We'll take care of it. And then all that stuff came in, and I'm getting it distributed to the recipients of the um, – the recipients of that prize. So thank you Armageddon gear for all your support. You've supported us all three years. You've supported me greatly appreciated foundation stocks, the Truitts, um, probably the best family in the, in the short shooting sports community. Um, definitely stepped up. Um, they put a reloading block as well as a half off certificate for a foundation stock on the prize table with one of their cool little half-off cheek piece uh, items. And then, once again, I built a little base for that. So, super cool. Um, Jeremy Salter ended up walking away with that, so super, super cool. Um, We've got Zero Delta. They provided a couple sets of rings as well as rings for uh, one of the youth guns. Zoom Bait. Zoom Bait Company, Chris Baxter, super appreciative. Um, he's always helped me out. Um, I've RO'd a lot of matches, and I always see him there, and we're always talking uh, red bug fishing fishing lizards and, and jig baits and everything else like that. So Zoom Bait, super appreciate you. Servos Custom Firearms, Servo uh, Harrison definitely took care of us this year, and did all the surface grinding on the awards as well as the lasering on all of the awards um, for the trophies this year. So it was super appreciative to Harrison for helping with the prize table um, awards as well as the actual certificates that you were able to put on the table for some gunsmithing work. So super appreciative of that. Um, Really hope we were able to get a couple more slots and we can all go up to nationals together. I think it'll be a good time. Coltac, Coltac uh, shooting bags definitely hooked us up with some dope card holders. Um, their new dope card holder for the uh, 
for your dope on the little elastic band. Uh, those came in super clutch for some of the shooters. Some data notebooks, some uh, some data notebooks, and a tricorn bag. Um, that was super awesome. Uh, Foundation also provided a bunch of bags of coffee as well. If you guys haven't picked up some of that Foundation coffee, I recommend that you do. It's super good. Voodoo Gunworks. Voodoo has been um, a huge name in the shooting sports uh, for 22 since like the beginning. And they're so swamped with emails asking for sponsorship support. Super grateful that, uh, that Greg and Rick over there were able to come through and provide us with a $600 off barreled action certificate for the winner of the entire series. And that went to, uh, that went to Jeremy, of course, there's APD photography and media, um, my lovely wife stepped up and wanted to support the uh, the prize table, so she went and got a gift certificate from Armageddon Gear and put that on the table. We had Hawkins Precision. They donated some T-shirts and some scope rings for us, so um, can't go wrong with Hawkins. Some of their heavy tack rings in a 35 mil, and I think some tack rings in a 30 mil were donated to the table. Capable Incorporated. Um, offered up a a certificate for a training class. So greatly appreciated there. U.S. Optics donated a optic to one of the youth shooters for their rifle build. We've got um, Applied Ballistics hit up my good friend Amanda at Applied Ballistics, and they sent out an entire media bundle. And one of our lucky winners got more knowledge on ballistics and the shooting sports than I think they're going to be able to handle. Um, I'm still reading through all of it and I'm still confused. So good luck, James. Um, we got the boys from Widden Gunworks. Widden Gunworks, um, I'm really good friends with their lead gunsmith. He's been on the podcast before, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, called him up and asked if there was any way. Um, they could, uh, if they had any 22 long rifle specific tools or anything else like that. And they didn't really say they had any tools, but they did have some ammo. They were able to donate a brick of SK rifle match to the table along with a bunch of t-shirts. So super appreciate you guys. I'm actually wearing a wooden gun shirt, uh, Gunworks shirt right now. Um, and not only were they a sponsor, uh, they actually came down and shot the match with us and were able to take um, fourth, sixth, and I can't remember what Chris Cape got, but they drove five to seven hours depending on where you live in Georgia. I know Chris had a couple extra hours to drive, but super appreciate those guys coming down and supporting our, our season finale. Um, I'm actually driving up to Georgia right now to go shoot a match with them tomorrow. So um, really good guys there at Widden Gunworks. If you need any reloading um, tools or dies or equipment or components, um, Widden Gunworks is a really good uh, kept secret, unfortunately. Um, I blast their stuff as much as possible. I loaded all of my 6BR ammo on their competition uh, seating die, and that thing is... That thing is money. It's uh, out of all of my seating dies, I love that one the most. I might actually turn around and buy a GT seating die from them as well, because that thing is that thing is just money. Um, it's so precise and so on point. Um, I'm a nerd and super skeptical, so I always mic every round, and every round is right there on the money. Um, so I love it. Um, in fact, I just bought another click adjustable lock ring to put on my 6GT sizing die so that I can, I can make sure that I'm bumping back my shoulders the, the 1 to 2,000th that I need. So super excited about that. But Witten Gunworks, you guys are awesome. Super appreciate you guys sponsoring the match. And then... Um, Mentioned U.S. Optics. And then we got Bogara. Bogara came in big for the young guns. Um, James was doing something special for some of our young guns, and they definitely wanted to help. So they put together some 
uh, some magazines, some magazine holders, and some things like that, and donated those to uh, the two specific young guns that I'll mention here in a minute. And then um, as well as just some free tw table swag for uh, all of our shooters. And then there's uh, my podcast, uh, another GD podcast, which you're listening to. Thank you. I donated a Timney trigger to the table. I went up and shot uh, Cavern Cove NRL 20, or excuse me, Cavern Cove 22 Outlaw match. I went up there and shot that match put on by um, Levi and John or Josh. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm terrible with names. I remember your face. Um, I went up there and shot that and was lucky enough to take uh, 19th place, which gave me a pretty good shot at walking the prize table and was able to pull a CZ457 trigger off of the table. So I just immediately re-gifted that trigger to our prize table and lucky enough our lead lady leanne uh, leanna was able to secure that for her new 457 build so i know she's going to enjoy it um thank you timney for supporting the cavern cove match and thus supporting our match um super appreciate it and then uh last but definitely not least hub city outdoors um Hold on. I got to turn left then, right? Um, James Altvater is the owner of Hub City Outdoors. And Hub City Outdoors is a, I guess it would, I call it tactical Gucci, but um, I also call him a uh, super hairy seamstress. He makes kit. So he makes plate carriers, he makes shooting bags, shooting mats. Um, if you can kind of dream it up, he can probably sew it up. Um, so he went out to a very centric uh, AK-47 shooting match called Kalash Bash out in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. And he raffled off two chest rigs that he made for AK-47s that are very um, odd camouflage pattern. Um and kind of like raffled these things off. And the money that he got from it, he went and put towards two Bagara uh, rifles for the young guns, uh, for two of our young guns. One of our young guns being Jackson Salter, who's been running like a CZ-452 that's been giving him nothing but extraction and bolt and trigger issues pretty much the last year and a half, two years. So we needed to upgrade him and get him something that he can use that is reliable, that shoots lights out, that he can get the most out of. I would, I think it's fair to say that he outshot the capabilities of that CZ 455 or 452 or whatever it was. So getting him a new rifle was definitely going to be on the on the chopping block. James was able to raise enough money to be able to purchase him a. Uh, right-handed steel Bagara barreled action and we uh, worked with his dad um, to put a trigger in it put it in a uh, a good MDT uh, chassis one of the uh, ESS I believe it is um, with some scope rings and some other some other goodies a tuner uh, bipod weights, arc rail, the whole nine, whole nine yards. All he had to do was drop this barreled action in, and we're we're on the money. Um, he sent me a group. Uh, the first two five round groups that he shot out of it yesterday um, were one jagged hole, and that was before he even tuned it. So super excited for him. Um, Jackson was also our young gun winner of the match and the young gun winner of the season for for the finale so really really uh hard worker been put in a lot of practice and really uh really dominated the field this year so congratulations jackson um can't wait to what you uh, to see what you do with it next year the other rifle that we gave away was to one of our more novice shooters um natalie morris is a left-handed shooter 
and she's tried to run right-handed bolt guns. She's tried running semi-autos. Um, she likes to, she prefers a bolt gun. So we tried to find her a left-hand Bagara training rifle, and we found one, and we bought it, and it showed up. And we, what we purchased was a left-hand Bagara steel barreled trainer. And what arrived was a right-handed carbon fiber barrel Bagara barreled action. So the complete opposite of what we needed um, showed up for the match with like days to go. And now we can't get a hold of the company and all this other crazy stuff. So unfortunately, we were not able to present Natalie with the rifle at the match, but U.S. Optics donating that optic, we were able to give her the optic to hold on to until James can secure a uh, left-handed Bergara. So we got a bunch of feelers out there, people trying to hook us up and, and find, find the right gun for the shooter. Um, so it was super cool. Um, definitely congrats to all of our, uh, all of our competitors. Um, I believe if I'm going to try and go off a of memory on this, cause I'm driving and I don't want to look at my phone, but for the match, for the match, class winners were open was Jeremy base was Adam law young guns was Jackson ladies was Leanna and old guns. There's a correction. It was Anthony Costanza um, was old guns. Somehow he got marked as open instead of old guns. Um, but he shot old guns division and uh, went from there. Now, as far as the series goes, the series winners open and series champion was Jeremy Salter. Base was Dominic Condors. Ladies was Leanna. Um, um, Young Guns was Jackson. And Old Guns was um, Dale Chavers. Uh, Dale's been out shooting with us a bunch of times. We had a blast. Great dude. Really enjoy him. Um, he comes and shoots out there with his son, Ryan, who's shit my age. Um, so really, really good. Um, to round out the top five on finale standings, and I can say the finale standings because, like, I know what those ones were because I had to, like, look at them really, really hard to make sure that they were right. Um, mind you, I'm doing all of this hand jamming um, right there in the pro shop, making sure that all this is right. So for the Altus NRL 22 series finale standings, First place with a score of 1,003.11, Jeremy Salter. Two with 995.74, David Swedberg. With 931.32, James Altvater. With 904.62, myself. And then fifth with 872.36, was Harrison Servos. And then sixth, we have Ryan Chavers. Seventh, Ryan Harris. Eighth, Ryan Shipes. Ninth, Daniel Resmondo. Tenth, Jeff Perquette. Eleventh, Jackson. So Jackson finished 11th out of 28 for the series amongst all these hitters. So good job, Jackson. Twelfth, Adam Morris, 13th, Allison Roberts, 14th, Samantha, Robert, Samantha Roberts, 15th, Dominic, 16th, Ethan, 17th, Adam, 18th, Jason, 19th, Buddy, 
20, 20th was Alex, 21, Logan, 22, Dale, 23, Cody, 24, Leanna, 25, Dan, 26, Doc, 27, Natalie, and 28, Ashley. Um, so we had 28 people qualify for the finale. That means they shot three regular season matches and one series finale. So um, that's a lot of effort. That's a lot of time. Um, it can be a lot of money if you're going out and you're practicing and everything else like that. So um, last person or last entity that I want to thank would be Altus Shooting Solutions. You guys have really taken care of us um, with this 22 stuff, um, allowing us access to the range, allowing, allowing us to shoot off the top side, shoot off um, a lot of the new props, um, helping us out with coordination, just so much knowledge that you've imparted on me as uh, a first-time match director over the last two years, and then me being able to share that with James is pretty cool. Um, look forward to uh, to continue shooting matches there as well. Um, we got a good thing going; uh, it's growing, and we're gonna we're gonna do our best to keep it up. So, with that, guys, if you have any questions about the NRL 22 or getting into precision rimfire, please feel free to hit me up. All of my socials are linked in the bio of this page, as well as all of our sponsors' information. If you want more information on Hub City Outdoors, US Optics, Armageddon Gear, APD Photography, go ahead and hit that drop down and check out our sponsors' information. Um, it'd be greatly appreciated. Show them some love. Um, they don't have to support these matches. Um, they're just, you know, putting in time or certificates or free product or whatever. Um, and if they don't see the return on investment, they're not going to, uh, necessarily continue these events. So if you can, if you can show some love to the sponsors, I would greatly appreciate it, but you can follow us at another GD podcast on Instagram. You can follow myself at hot GD rod on Instagram Facebook is uh, Guy DeMarco. Uh, it's the picture of me shooting off of a tank trap. Um, you can follow the YouTube channel, um, Guy DeMarco. I uh, haven't posted much on there lately, but I'm going to be trying to do some gear reviews and just some, uh, some vlogging a little bit um, as I prepare for nationals. Because, uh, surprise, I'm going to nationals this year. But if you could like... And subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. It'll help get the word out about not only the podcast, but the things that we're doing. Um, we're shooting matches. We're having fun. We're bringing new, new folks into the fold to get these matches uh, and get the next generation of shooter built up. Um, also, uh, I'm not going to mention him by name, but we had another sponsor. Um, kind of wanted to be in the background but i'm not going to let them um team gsd i believe is the uh is the name of the organization um they put like 10 certs for suppressors on the table um for discounted prices on on suppressors um from 22 suppressors to center fire suppressors to like one stamp suppressors slash uppers so um that's the certificate that i picked up off of the table was the one stamp upper so it's going to be a 556 upper with a pin and welded uh suppressor so just just awesome. Um, not going to mention you by name, but and you probably won't listen to this, but dude, I appreciate it. Um, that was a lot of uh, a lot of money that uh, you put you put towards the table, and I am super grateful for it. So we're hitting that one hour mark right now. 
So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. If you guys have any questions, please go on there. Drop me a line. What do you want to hear? What are you sick of hearing? Just uh, let me know. Good feedback, bad feedback. I'm open to it as well as please go on and rate and review this podcast on whatever podcast listening app you choose. So thanks again, guys, and we'll see you at the range.